All right. I am going to record in stereo and mono. What are you, Sam Darnold? <laughs> I, I think that's the only way you can possibly record in stereo and mono at the same time, is if you record in stereo and then just have mono. Wow. <laughs> you think Sam Darnold yeah. was doing recording while he had mono? I sure hope so. Otherwise, it's just a wasted opportunity. I don't know if Sam <laughs> Darnold can do two things at once. I don't even know Sam Darnold. He's, he's the newest <laughs> Starbucks barista. Hey. Oh, yeah. So if he gets traded, he's going to quit football and then go pursue his real career as a Starbucks barista. Yeah. That's what I'm led to believe. Y'all make it sound like being a barista is bad. He'll be your new coworker. Steven, you're telling me if you had the choice between NFL and Starbucks barista, you'd choose Starbucks barista? I think not. The defense rests. I think Sam Darnold's going to fumble the handoff between drive-thru and car. Especially if Adam Gase is the manager. <laughs> God damn it. No. I quit. I quit. Steven would quit. Steven, no. We only have a couple weeks left. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of a couple weeks left, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Internet Football Podcast, uh, quote-unquote, Pro Bowl edition. Because we're all so excited about the best game of the season, Pro Bowl. But as always, I'm one of your hosts, Steven, and joining me is Tyler. Hello. Graham. I'm Jacob. And joining nice. us uh, <laughs> from the afterlife slash his uh, winning coma, Logan. Welcome back, buddy. Oh, it's good to be back. Uh, it's good to be winning. Uh, I never thought in my wildest dreams that uh, even Tom Brady could do this to the Buccaneers, but I was wrong. You know, I I actually was wondering, like after the after the championship game, I'm like, oh great, are we gonna? Am I gonna have to joke that like Logan died again because the Bucks just keep winning? Uh, I may very well have passed away. I'll be honest, it's tough to tell. I thought I'd be ecstatic after these victories. I've just been in shock. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I thought it was the afterlife because when you hopped on the call, uh, I asked how you were, and you said splendid. So. Whoa. That I was like, whoa. Is Logan okay. a clone? No, I just, uh, I thought I'd break out my thesaurus today. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a clone. I didn't fail at bringing him back to life. Uh, no, that's Tom Brady. Tom Brady just can't die. There's a difference between necromancy and simply finding the fountain of youth. <laughs> I just... Oh, I... I saw the comparison photos from Brady's first Super Bowl to this one, and I showed uh, my girlfriend, and she just looked at it and went, what the fuck? I was like, yep, uh, yep, that's what we dealt with. So does she have an opinion of which, like, does he look better now, in her opinion? Oh, yeah. Oh, 10,000%. Oh, yeah, she, she's convinced he had surgery at some point of, like, the, the jaw, because he somehow lost his very large like double chin and I just looked at her and I was like it's all the TB12 and she was like what and I was like exactly <laughs> uh, it's it, it's it's probably marrying a model and her being like listen I know you're rich but you gotta work with me here no she she went honey I know a guy <laughs> I like to think that since Giselle's net worth is I believe several times that of Tom Brady's she used air quotes when she said the word rich it's like, honey, yeah. I know you're rich, rich, but for real, get rid of the chins. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way Giselle is worth more than Tom Brady. 
I, I believe there was a point at which she was. I don't know if she still is. Tom Brady could sell his Super Bowl rings for more than Giselle's worth at this point, probably. Giselle's net worth is estimated to be a whopping $400 million. By comparison, Tom Brady's net worth was estimated roughly $180 million. This is from May 25th, 2020. Are you serious? That's... Goddamn. Get it, Giselle. I mean, she's a model. Yeah, she can get it. <laughs> and I would say a successful model. Unlike Graham, who's, who only has the looks, but not the success. <laughs> Graham, I'm sure Pepsi will be calling you any day now, buddy. Uh... <laughs> they they better. I deserve their contract. <laughs> I do topless ads. <laughs> Graham is... What we don't know is Graham is part of the Pepsi halftime show coming up next week. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to do nip slips for free. I'm sorry if you can hear my dogs barking in the background. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Graham. I mean, The weekend is performing, and you love The weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. I love The weekend so much. He makes me want to develop a drug habit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't explain why. That's just how I feel about him. Mm-hmm. And on to picks. Time for... Speaking of picks, many, many picks thrown in that uh, NFC Championship game. Whew. Like, you know, for all the success that Tom Brady was bringing the Bucks, Logan, I think I fell into your camp. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to lose them this freaking game. Yeah. Like... What'd you score? Three points in the second half? Uh, I think something like that. Yeah, it, uh... After the first interception, I'm like, okay, he's human. After the second Brady interception, I thought, oh boy, this could get out of hand real quick. Hopefully he limits it to two. And then he threw the third interception, I thought, well, this game's over. It's been a nice championship run. Uh, I'll see you later, everybody. Hopefully 2021 will be our year. And then somehow we held them again. Well, let's be, let's be fair. I think Matt LaFleur held them back. <laughs> Uh, 100%. I, whew, I cannot, like... Yeah, Matt, Matt LaFleur really gave you a, a hand-me there. He sees two and a half on the clock and goes, we'll take three. Just, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Just oh, why? Why? I, why, I also, why would you do that? Aaron Rodgers also had a wide, not a wide open field, but a pretty fucking good shot at running in a touchdown on, like, third down, I think. And he Correct. decided yep. to throw instead. Like, you can look at any number of plays that the Packers did and be like, "Yo, you could have won there, could have like, or like you, you know, you had your shot there and you didn't." But just like, I don't. Even in this world of like analytics and stuff, of the fact that like after the game was over, they said that their chances of winning, you know, actually, I think by taking the field goal, their chances went down half a percent. Yep. I believe instead that's of true. just going for a, a touchdown, and I'm sitting like, and I'm like, okay, if you don't make the touchdown, now they're on the eight yard line, you know, and you have all those timeouts, and you know, you you could have a chance to stop Tom Brady. It's just like, why would you go for the easy points and give it to Tom Brady, you know, it, with good field position? Because if you kick a touchback, they're going to be on the twenty five. Yeah, yeah. I I just I don't get the mentality that Lafleur was going there for. Plus, I would think if you go into that drive, you've bled it down. Let's say you've bled it down to three minutes by now. And you think, okay, we need eight points. We are going for a touchdown. Then on the third down play that Green Bay runs, I think Rodgers takes off 
even if he doesn't get in the end zone, I think he picks up five out of the eight yards that they needed, and it makes the fourth down easier. Then they go for it. If they succeed, that's great. They go for the two points. And then if they whiff, they need a field goal to win outright. Or even if they don't get it, you've backed the Bucks up to like their own three-yard line. And you have all three timeouts. It makes no... Like, the... Then, the field goal, you still need another touchdown. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Right. I mean, that, I'm that... happy about it, but <laughs> from Green Bay's perspective, like, I, don't, I don't like watching bad football, and to me, that was a bad football decision. I have to agree with Logan there, because, like, I I'm, I guess I can see from a way Rodgers didn't want to run because he saw the two defenders, and then there was three behind him that he didn't see that could have ran, but, like, this is the NFC Championship game. You're down by eight. I feel like you got to go balls to the wall and just go for it no matter what. So I feel like you should have ran. that. Uh, Logan said what I was thinking. So. And, and shoot. I mean, like, let's look back at AFC wildcard. The Colts went for, like, the, you know, the bonus <laughs> I points. know, Steven. God damn it. <laughs> I know we no, did. But, but Grant, it's like whether that was good decision or not, it showed like, hey, we want to win. It's wild card weekend. It's just pl- like I think, even though it didn't work out, I think, you, I think the Colts understood like, hey, if we don't, if we don't like score here, we, I don't know if we can come back from. We got to take our shots when we can. I you know. know? Yeah. It it just feels more compounded that this is the NFC Championship. It is astounding to me that, you know, for all the talk of like how legendary Rodgers is he's gonna be a first ballot hall of famer the man is one and four in nfc championship games one and four like it's just wow yeah Yeah. some someone's at the stat he has more uh he has the same amount of nfc championship wins as donovan mcnab i was like ouch wow (laughs) Up, up until yesterday he also had the same number of nfc championship losses as mcnab they were both one <gasps> and three going into that game. I I can make it sound worse. Go go ahead. He also has the same amount of NFC Championship wins as Rex Grossman. Oh. Oh God, that does uh, sound worse. Sexy. I was like, <laughs> to just drive the knife and to just twist it a little bit. That hurts to say. I'm and not then gonna if, lie. If if you want to make it really really worse, he has the same amount of wins as Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. Is it Russell Wilson? Well, that doesn't sound that bad, I'll be honest. I mean, like, it just really shows that, like, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Russ, and Drew Brees all have the same amount of NFC championship wins. Russ has Brady did it in one year. Yep. Hey, I I told y'all, I told this is phase one of Brady's master plan to cement his legacy. I love this plan. (laughs) I'm all about it. Right. It's like... He made it to the Super Bowl. If he can win, bonus. But at the end of the day, he led his team to its host stadium. I'm not going to specify host city because that has been done before. And I actually think that's funny that they're giving him so much accolades of that. When the 79 Rams, like, it, for all intents and purposes, played in their hometown. That's pretty funny. I wouldn't even say all intents and purposes. I mean, if you ask anybody where the Coliseum is, they'll all tell you, oh, it's in Los Angeles. Right. Well, it's funny. It's like... It, the specificity that it has to be the home stadium because the Rams played, you know, their home games in LA Coliseum, and then the Super Bowl was in the Rose Bowl, a mere like. Um, oh no, it's in Pasadena as opposed to downtown LA. Oh my God, that's like thirty miles away. Which, granted, in LA traffic is basically a full day's worth of travel, but still. <laughs> right. I I just think I think that's funny that they make that 
distinction. But hey, I mean, that's it's you know, I said it. He wanted to be the first quarterback to lead his team to its home stadium, like the home stadium. And then next year, he has to beat Belichick. And then he can retire, feeling fulfilled. I mean, at that point, what else does he have to prove? Even if he doesn't win this Super Bowl, you know, like what after next year, what more does he have to do? I can't think of it. I don't know what his purpose is. Like, not to, like, cross, you know, sports, but, like, we all know, like, LeBron plays so he can play with his son in the league. Like, we get that. I guess I just don't understand why Brady's still playing. I guess he still loves the game? Question mark? Yes. Like, and it's, there is a love of the game, but that's why I said, like, it just, in my head, it lined up perfectly. Like, you signed a two-year contract, the Super Bowl was in Tampa this year, and next year you play the Patriots. And then after that, what's after that two You know, it's saying, okay, you finish year two of two. What more do you have to prove, you know? And that's that's what I kind of want. And that's why I feel rather strongly that, like, <gasps> whatever happens this year or next year, I, I think he's done. You know, I, I think it. we're... I think we are about to see the end of Brady in the NFL. No, I got it. I got it. Are you ready? So yeah. he's gonna he's gonna win this year, and then next year I he's like gonna it. beat the pa- he's gonna beat the Patriots next year. I love it. Belichick is gonna retire. He Incredible. goes back to the Patriots and wins without Belichick. Oh my god! Oh my I gosh, love it. that's genius. That's the long play. He needs all those TB12 supplements to play that long. <laughs> he's he's playing like six D chess at this point. It's funny you bring up 6D chess because he would be 6D at that time. Bel- Belichick is going to stay in the league longer than Brady out of spite at this point. <laughs> like he is not, He's like, Brady is not outlasting me. <laughs> Although, we, we were discussing this with some friends the other day. Like, it, Speaking of coaches, like it boggles, that my, or it boggles my mind that Pete Carroll is the oldest head coach in the NFL when he acts Same. like one of the youngest. Like, yeah. he is running up and down the sidelines, like, just energetic as all hell. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's the oldest coach. Uh, I hope I have that energy when I'm 68 years old. It was all them years at USC. Dude, I hope I have that energy when I'm 38 years old. <laughs> I need to, uh, I need to say some Tom Brady things, if that's okay. Please, the floor okay. is yours. I was like, make it quick, though. We have Pro Bowl to talk about. Oh, Wait. right. Uh... <laughs> Boy. Good joke. <laughs> uh, since entering the NFL in 2000, Tom Brady has made the Super Bowl 47.6% of the time, 10 of 21 Super Bowls. Excluding his rookie year and the season loss to his ACL, he's actually made the Super Bowl 52.6% of the time, 10 out of 19 times. And Tom Brady has now played in 18.2% of all Super Bowls, with 10 out of... F- yeah, he's made wow. 10 out of 55 Super Bowls. Also, he threw three interceptions on three consecutive possessions in that game. And in Tom Brady's motherfucking career, he's only had nine Once. games where he's thrown three picks. Oh, total. <laughs> Holy total. shit. Wow. And wow. That, is, that, that ends my Tom Brady segment. I think Jameis did that in his second year in the league. He had nine <laughs> games with at least three picks. <laughs> Wow, way to go. Also, I think I read somewhere about uh, the 47.1% uh, like Super Bowls in his career. Uh, so Tom Brady has a better percentage of making the Super Bowl every year than Steph Curry is of making a three-point attempt. 
which is insane because Steph <laughs> because Steph Curry is a dang good three point shooter. Correct. Yes, I wish I could find that article again where it set the stat. It's only off by like two percent, but still. <laughs> yeah, I I saw that, but I didn't think it was Steph. I thought it was like he was. Com- they were comparing uh, Russell Westbrook to uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> so. Oh, that's a that's a slap in the face. What an insult. To Russ. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, don't I guess I have a dislike of Russell Westbrook. Anyway. Oh, so it's disrespectful to Tom Brady. Correct. To compare Brady. Oh, okay. I see. I thought yeah. you. I I got you. Are you? Are you, like, upset that we're disrespecting Tom Brady? No, he's pissed that we're comparing Tom Brady, a good player, to Russell Westbrook, who Tyler does not like. Oh. <sighs> yeah. I it's... don't know. That's a, it was an insult to Tom Brady. Yeah, Got it's it. like comparing him... Justin Herbert to Tarod Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, agree or disagree? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess Tyrod is... A consistently average quarterback versus the hotshot young rookie. I have, I have a couple more Tom Brady things, if that's okay. All right, sure. So, uh, my number was slightly off because I didn't count postseason. Um, Tom Brady has thrown for three interceptions in thirteen games in his entire life. In every single regular season game where he's thrown three or more interceptions, he's lost every single one. In the fucking playoffs where he's thrown three interceptions, which has happened four times, he is three and one. That's sad. Wow. That's incredible. What I want to know is who beat him. Uh, Baltimore. Ah. In 2010. So it wasn't the magical year, but I mean. I I was hoping it was the Eagles in that Super Bowl. I don't think he could have possibly thrown that many. We we might cover that next week. We might not. Who knows? (laughs) Yep, and, Tom, and it's it, it's funny to hear like people still debate. You know, like there's always debate in sports about like the goat. You know, like who the goat is, and it's like mm-hmm. even old school, even people like you know, like my dad when he actually still watched football, who would be like, no quarterback will ever be better than Joe Montana. Like, like bitch, you know, <laughs> any, yeah, right. no one will <laughs> ever be better than that. I think that, that's what I'm saying. I, I just I'm. It's hard for anyone to argue at this point that Tom Brady isn't the GOAT in this sport. You know, we hate to say it. I disagree slightly. I think there is a case to be made for a small handful of players to be better than Tom Brady. For example, I would say Jerry Rice has a compelling argument. Because if you look at okay, Jerry Rice compared to Tom Brady, the championships are similar. The longevity of career is similar. But if you look at second place for receivers, it's not even close. If you look at second place for quarterbacks, Drew Brees is right up there with him. Brett Favre is right up there with Tom Brady. Okay. So I agree with that. But so may- to, yes. for somebody to say Joe Montana is clearly the GOAT, head and shoulders above Tom Brady, I just think is incorrect. Brady has Joe Montana in every single significant category. And, and, and what's funny is that, like, most quarterbacks do at this point. <laughs> like uh, I would say a lot. Aside from championships, I would say, like, Aaron Rodgers, and even quarterbacks who aren't, like, phenomenally good, like, I think Matt Stafford is close to Joe Montana in terms of, like, yards and completions and touchdowns thrown. And Correct. I don't think anybody on the planet's arguing that Matt Stafford is better than Joe Montana. No. Well, it's, I guess I was thinking more of, like, in the quarter. Like and uh, yes, Logan, I think I see your argument at this point. It's like it, 
like it's just the success. It's the success of yeah. like no matter how he got it, Tom Brady is there in championships more often than not. You know, true. And it's, I mean, but now and this leads into the other game. Everyone keeps calling this game like the goat versus the kid. You know what mm-hmm. people are in, <laughs> in Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> That's who awesome. people are already assuming is going to be the goat. <laughs> that is literally you know? a double. That is amazing. Oh yeah, no, I, I think it's very. I think it's Word catchy. Play. I think they should. That's very clever. I like it so it much. It is clever. Now, now I wish it would have been of the goat. Those you go- who don't understand the cleverness, a kid is just a young goat. That's what they call it. What is a kid? I thought that, I thought it was just an age thing. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Boo, boo! I'm leaving. Thank, thank you, thank <laughs> you for, <laughs> thank you for not laughing at that. <laughs> Much like how I wasn't laughing when the Chiefs just broke the Bills' hearts. Honestly, just such an incredibly boring game. Yeah. Again, so I love how we all, you know, I mean, like justifiably so. Matt Lafleur going for like field goal, like for a field goal in that instance, not a good idea. What was Sean McDermott thinking about consistently? It's like, oh, we're close. Let's just go for the field goal. Like, you can't do that against this team. Yeah. This is the Chiefs. And you've been considerably one of the most aggressive offenses in the NFL this season. Why are you going for field goals now? The season's on the line. I was just going to say, it seemed to me the storyline this weekend was coaches believing too much in their defense. When it's, it's like... And Buffalo's hasn't been bad, but it has not been a dominant defense. I agree. Yeah, I agree there. I honestly did not mind the field goal going into halftime because uh, just just for just as a Colts frame of reference, there have been two games in my memory where that field goal has made all the difference in the world in a playoff game, and the most recent playoff game where we didn't kick a field goal, it ended up fucking us. So I'm fine with going for the field goal at halftime. But, uh, man, that one to start the second half was a terrible call. Right. That's I, I'm not so mad about the first half one. I'm mad about the second half when it's like, okay, you're really down now. You have to keep, you know, you've you got to go for six. And I love at the end of that game when it's like they went for two on the first, when they got that first touchdown. And then they actually recovered the onside kick. Yep. And like Romo was saying, like, gosh, if they had just kicked that extra point, like, that was a very different ball game. I'm like, ah. Uh. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> right? It just, like, it just, I don't think, I don't think that it was on the Bills' side this time. You know, it just, it, they went against themselves and just, it, like, when things started looking good, it was, like, bad for them. You know? Like, oh, you covered the onside kick. You still need three scores, though. Like, oh, jeez, man. Yeah. And then they almost got the second onside kick, so it even mm-hmm. like just hurts it more. Although I, I will say though, all the I've seen so many comments about like Chiefs fans being like classless Bills couldn't handle a loss. Boo! Go fuck you got yourself. So ma- oh, oh no! Eat I was I'm dick. sitting there like, it just it fuels my fire more that I'm like, okay, I don't want to keep seeing the I don't want the Chiefs to become the new Patriots at all. I don't either. Like it, it, it's infuriating. Like you won one Super Bowl, you have a star quarterback. No one's disagreeing with that, but this is why we hate Patriot fans. <laughs> you Correct. Know? Yeah. And it's like they're like, oh, classless Josh Allen got mad because his feelings are hurt, so he threw a football in his face. I'm like, there was no reason for that guy to 
I mean, the whistle was blown like three times, and then you threw him to the ground. Yeah, yeah. he's going to be mad. He's going to be mad. And I fully applaud those offensive linemen for, like, no. You you protect yeah. the quarterback 100%. As a coach, I would have been like, if they had gotten ejected, I would have been like, hey, you know what? Good job, man. You know, you defended yeah. your quarterback. And especially since, and I'm not sure if this makes it better, but it would make me feel better, especially since the game was already over and you really didn't have to worry about the penalty yards. It's like, at that point, you're just playing for your pride. And you're not going to let another team shove your quarterback around like that. Well, and and that's the thing. It's like, and then just a couple plays later, like when the, you know, when the Bills went on defense and it's like, okay, maybe they can make a stop, you know. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know what started, but this Chiefs player rushed Quinton Jefferson. And Jefferson shoved him. And then it's like, oh, that's a personal foul. And people are like, oh, boo-hoo, you can't. I'm sitting like. Yeah, that's is, a personal now? I was like, is that, are you not going to address that this Chiefs guy, like, was rushing him? He's going to shove him. Yeah. I mean, I saw more egregious things than that not called during regulation in the Bucks game. Like, do for real? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, that interception where he clearly had the Packers yeah. receiver's shoulder pad in his hand and then make a pick. It's like, whoa, look at the yeah. play I made. I'm like, dude. That was a bad call. Yeah. The refs missed yeah. that one. Hell of an interception. They, they missed a couple. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, good job getting your hand from like six inches in his arm to catch that ball, but, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's giving him a shoulder massage, and then he got the pick. I mean, that's that's hard to do. He's just a nice guy, you know. <laughs> you seem tense. Oh, hold on, I gotta get this. Oh, my God. Oh, hold yeah. on, I gotta take Sh- this. Okay, <laughs> fuck. Um, um, okay. Going back to the last game. Uh, sure. Holy shit, that end of the end of the first half play by the Buccaneers one deciding not to punt for it and go for it on what fourth and four picking oh, that up I can't three. believe we even missed like that 40 yard line yeah oh my Scotty God. Scotty just Miller just a sexy scooting. it's Miller you know what four sec what uh six seconds in the half is called Miller time baby <laughs> boom baby dude that was that was beautiful that's like Kevin King got burned on that. Like, Scotty Miller just ran a gorgeous route. Like, no one expected it. No one expected, like, it just was so funny. Again, why Why do you guys have Antonio Brown? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't want to take anything away from Scotty Miller. That was a great, great throw, great catch. You know, great way to end the first half. But if you're Mike Pettin in that defense, why don't you have more people down the field you know, there's like one play left. You know Brady's going to throw the ball to the end zone no matter who's there. Why don't you have someone else that's backup back there? That was just a poor, poor defensive call. I think they were trying to protect against Brady throwing something quick to the sideline for like 5 to 10 yards to give Suckup a chance for the field goal. Because at that point, Dampo was on like the 40-yard line, and yeah. Suckup doesn't have that big of a leg. So might... they needed a couple of yards to get into field goal range. I think I'm copying one of you guys because I think you posted this in Discord, but the difference in that game, the Tampa Bay-Green Bay game, was one coach trusting his goat of a quarterback and the other coach not trusting his goat of a quarterback. Yep. 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 I was yep. going to bring that up. I, I saw that yeah. and I had to share it because I'm like, I mean, that's that's literally the different mindset is that you trusted, like you are trusting your you know, your star. And that's, and you can apply that to the Buffalo game too. 
Josh Allen is young, you know, but he's improved so much this year. It's, I mean, he didn't have to win now, you know. It would have been nice, but it's not like his his time's not up in Buffalo because he lost this game. But as you know, as a player who's coming into his own, you gotta let him make those plays, you know, because they were converting some fourth downs on the drive. He could do it, you know, whether it's by himself or making the throw. You gotta trust him. I mean, shoot, <laughs> Andy Reid trusts his backup to make a fourth down play. Yeah. Why aren't you trusting your offense? You know, you're. With a star receiver and, like, all these good pieces. I wish I could tell you. Either way, I think I said it last week, I'm not upset by the, you know, it's like, as much as I'm giving the Chiefs, like, the I don't want to see you anymore treatment, this should be a good game coming up. Like, I'm not overly upset that the Chiefs are in because it's the best team playing, you know, the best Super Bowl performer of all time. Yeah, I, I think out of all the, the possible matchups we could have had, this one was uh, either, like, second least or least, because uh, I just didn't want to see the Chiefs in it again. But, you know, it's it's going to make a cool storyline, you know. It's going to be really hyped up, and if it does not live to these high expectations, I will be upset. Yeah. yeah. I'll. We'll, and I think we'll cover more of that. In the upcoming, you know, on the next show, because we, uh, as we all know, uh, we have another game to get through in the Pro Bowl. Man, screw that. Let's talk about some NFL news. (laughs) Wait, I want to say one thing about the past games we had before we go. I thought you, I thought you were about to say, I have one thing to say about the Pro Bowl. I'm like, oh, no, 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 here's my Pro Bowl talk. Okay, going back to what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I'm making a very, 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 very early prediction next year that Stefan Diggs is going to have a breakout year because he stood on the field and watched the Kansas City Chiefs get the trophy, celebrate on the field. He just stood there at like the 10-yard line and watched, and Sean McDermott had to come out to bring him into the locker room. Hmm. Wow. It, it was hurting. He just stood there with his arms folded. Like, he has, like, hands on his head just watching it, just getting motivated for next season because he wants that. So I would not be surprised if he just goes ape shit next year. I'd be okay with it. Me too. Me there, too. There are a number of teams that are that I think can give the Chiefs a run for their money next season. The Bills need to get a running back. Or a running game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Josh Allen single-handedly was their running game. And he had to be because their running backs suck so fucking much. I mean, you got to get rid of Singletary, Moss, and Yeldon and get you someone better. Frank, yeah, Frank that, that, was very, that was very shocking that uh, TJ Yeldon was like the star of that. I was like, what? I know. I think that was more to the fact that uh, um, Zach Moss was hurt. But even then, like... Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, wasn't the combo that you were looking for this year. No. no. Or if you draft someone. I mean, the Colts got a good draft pick with Jonathan Taylor. Maybe yeah, they'll baby. catch hey, fire okay. in the draft. Even the Jags got James Robinson, for God's sake. He looks yeah, but that cool. wasn't even in the draft. No, that, that, was free, that was free real estate. My fault. But they still got him. <laughs> yeah, true. they did. 
It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so running backs are out there. Buffalo, go find you one. Hopefully, there might there might be some head coaches who are in need of a roster overhaul who could find a good running back, and that's what we call a segue. Eh, good segue. Yeah, that's a uh, yeah going into NFL news because we didn't even really talk about or we haven't talked about it much this season. But you know, since there's a week off from you know in between actual games, figured we'd catch up on some stuff and like you know starting with the the carousel of head coaches that have been hired. Uh, Oof. yeah, this is I don't know. I, this is a very interesting head coaching off season. I would say. Um, I don't feel like there are usually this many vacancies during a season that need to be filled. Because there's what? Right now there's Detroit, Jacksonville, Philadelphia, the New York Jets, Atlanta, the LA Chargers, and Houston, who all are going to have a new head coach in 2021. That's seven teams. That's a lot of teams. And that, and that's not even taking into effect, like, on on the long shot that a coach retires, you sure. know. Fingers crossed, Belichick. <laughs> yeah, but like we're not really thinking about that. I mean, I'm looking at a, uh, I'm looking at who got hired last year, and there were, um, at least three, <laughs> ah, four. That that checks out. Five. There were five. There were so th- there okay. were five head coaches hired in the last hiring, uh, cycle. Uh, Seven's not that different. No, it is. I mean, it, it's a few more. It's a few more. I think, I think of the teams. I mean, shoot, two of them got fired. Midseason, um, actually three. I think Matt Patricia got fired midseason too. So, I mean, yes. that's still so shocking. Good. That's twelve out of thirty-two teams with a head coaching turnover in two years. Well, I mean, if you want to go three, I mean, shoot, Bruce Arians was hired in twenty nineteen. Kingsbury, uh, Flores. I mean, shoot, you're talking. Oh, Lafleur in twenty nineteen. You're talking about, or actually, more than half in three years. Yeah. There are new head coaches. You know, we're talking 18, 18 total, you know, there, and it's just like, it's crazy to think that like at this point, John Harbaugh is like one of the more tenured coaches in the NFL. I don't think that's that crazy. No, but, but in, I'm talking about like in the over, like, shoot, when I was growing up, like I never thought that Marvin Lewis would leave Cincinnati. You know what I mean? I guess so, yeah. like it, some of those coaches just like they, they had tenure. It's like, yeah, they they weren't doing too well, but we're just gonna keep them, you know. And now there's just so like there's so few that were hired outside of, I mean, shoot, 2018 is not even that far back. So, yeah, it's hard to find coaches, you know, in terms of current coaches, it's hard to find one like in that was hired in the 2000s. I think this total stands at four. Yeah, uh, in the NFC East, uh, the longest tenure coach is Ron Rivera. Now, it was hired last year. <laughs> Correct. So yeah. that's that's rough. Because uh, he got hired before Judge. So correct. Yes, he did. And McCarthy. On on this uh, this page I have found here, it only goes back to 2016, but. Uh, there's been an average of like seven coaching changes between 2011 and 2016, at least. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a quarter of the league. You know, there yeah. was eight and eight in 2011, seven in 2012, eight in 2013, seven in 2014, seven in 2015, and six in 2016. Yeah, and it, I think that's what kind of goes back to what I was saying is that like you know, 
I think the league is changing. Like, so many people want to win now. And it's like, if you can't win now, you know, you're, you're gone, you know, as a head coach. Like, yeah. sorry, next person, please. You know, we're clearly not winning. I was going to say far too often, teams are like, oh, let's give Adam Gase another chance. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay, so, yeah. Thanks, and Manning. So, I think the thing, and the thing that I see dominating the news, especially after this year, with everything that happened in the world and stuff, that, like, currently, there is not one head coach that was hired that is black. And it's making, you know, like, a lot of people are being like, why? You know, and I think and I, it's yeah. such a, it's a tough question, I would think, you know? I feel like, I don't know. That's, it's like, are they hiring too uh, quickly? I... Are they not giving? Because it's like, I think the the guy who's standing out in all this is a uh, uh, Bienemy for the Chiefs, Eric like Bien-Ami. the OC. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who's been like, uh, really been? And it's like, oh, he really deserves a shot, and he still doesn't have it. And is that a penalty of him? You know, coaching teams that have gone late into January, early February, possibly. But like, I don't, I don't know. It's like. Is it so critical that teams hire super early? I mean, your next, you know, in terms of all these teams, your next, like, big event as, like, the coach, mm-hmm. it's if it's not offseason, it's the draft, you know? And I get you want to get in there and build a rapport. I would say the next big thing is evaluating talent at things like the Senior Bowl is really their next big event, because there is still some back-end stuff to be done before the draft. But I agree with you. I think the difference between hiring somebody at the end of January after you missed the playoffs and hiring somebody at the end of February after the Super Bowl, I don't think it makes that much difference now, but it could make a ton of difference to have a new head coach who has experience playing either in the Super Bowl or deep in the playoffs. So, like, the fact that you've got... And this isn't me throwing shade at Atlanta or the Jets, and I think they got decent head coaches, so there is no shade to be thrown here, but it's odd that you'd hire somebody, let's take Philadelphia as an example, because they're fun to shit on. They took Nick Sirianni, who's okay, I mean, I don't think, I don't have much of an opinion of him, but I don't think he's a bad hire, I don't think he's a great hire, I think it's sort of whatever. You're telling me it's imperative that the Eagles get him over waiting for Biennemi? I think not. Right, and like he, I mean, Graham, he was an offensive coordinator for the Colts. So, how do you feel about that? Um, I, it, between him and Eberflus, I really thought we'd keep Sirianni, and Eberflus would be way out the door by now. And I'm actually, like, I liked Sirianni. I thought he did incredible things for our offense. I loved his like game management for the most part, but uh. Honestly, between the two, I'm happier to have Eberflus. So, mm. right. Well, and it, it's like, I mean, shoot, looking at my team, or in Tyler, like, I, or the, looking at the Chargers, like we we were very middling, right? So, like Jacksonville kicked this whole ball off by getting Urban Meyer. You know, they, they right. start that he was the first head coach hired, and then shortly after, the Jets got a uh, Robert Sala, who currently, you know, he he's the first. Uh, He's the first Muslim head coach. I was I'm not gonna put down what he is specifically, but yes. you know, 
I'll go on ahead and look it up, and I'll go on ahead and look up what his firsts are, and we can just cut the rest <laughs> of those. All right, he's the first Muslim head coach. Right, right. that's exactly what Steven <laughs> nice. said. So, Graham, we're cutting you. Okay, yes, it is. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that this was all correct. <laughs> wow, Graham getting us on track and then checking and then fact-checking us? My God. Ah, uh, I know, and it turns out that I was getting us off track because Stephen was right. <laughs> that's okay. I knew he was the first Muslim. Apparently, he's the third Arab-American head coach of the NFL. Mm. So, that that's why I was trying. I didn't want to be like, oh, he's this and, like, just misget it. That's um, smart. That's good advice just in life in general. Uh, correct. But, yeah, I mean, I, as of this moment, the the Texans are the last team that needs a head coach. Which no. I thought was funny because they were also the first team that needed a head coach. <laughs> uh-huh. They, they're playing 3D chess with this one. <laughs> they they want to look the best, and they're going to hire the enemy. Does he want to go there? Eh. I wouldn't. I mean, shoot, why do you think I want to be enemy? It's like, they're like... They're like, oh, we need people to like take away from the Chiefs. I'm like, I want to take away their offensive coordinator. I know, right? Like, how did the Chargers beat the Chiefs? Get the guy who's been helping them the most. Easy. Hey, that's how the Bucks won a Super Bowl, baby. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, no disrespect to Brandon Staley. Apparently, like the players love the hire. You know, apparently, like everyone's being like, wow, that's actually a really good hire. You know, hmm. but it just it was so out of left field to me. Like, I, it's like, yeah, I they, also thought it was. He got hired yeah. right after the divisional round. It was like the divisional round ended. I'm like. I guess football's done for the day. Notification. Brandon Staley. I'm like, who? I guess he was a former quarterback at the University of Dayton. So yeah, I saw he that. could probably help Herbert there. I know there's a big push to like get the position filled with like a potentially sexy name, but it's the same thing. I don't understand why there's, these teams are so quick to just jump headlong into coaches. And I mean, like, I really hope that like more patience will be paid attention to in the future because like it just seems like a lot of teams just pulled the trigger as quickly as they could and for the love of god i really hope this doesn't happen with the colts and their quarterback search it's like you're watching friends right and you see ross get married for the third fucking time and you're like nobody wants to be a (laughs) ross because he's gonna have a new wife in the next two seasons (laughs) and then you look at chandler and monica and it's like oh they've been together the whole time that's so cute that's so sweet look at them in love for so long and then ross is a total shitbag who no one wants to be don't be a ross be a chandler and a monica correct <laughs> that's the title of this episode don't don't be a no, ross be a chandler right well it's like and i i just think you know it's like just from an outside perspective like it i feel like teams like the chargers and the falcons were you know these could be great hires correct but especially, like, it looks, it's going to be poor under a more critical eye, especially when it's like, I mean, with the Rooney rule that you have to, like, interview, you know, coaches of color, and then you don't hire them, then it's like, then why do we even have the rule? Right. And it, it's like, I'm, it's, it's, it's such the, you know, it, it doesn't, the, it, shoot, society debates this all, like, all the damn day. Oh, are you saying that they deserve it only because of the color of their skin? No, but are you saying that they're unqualified? Like they're they're less qualified than some? I mean, shoot, Dan Campbell <laughs> was the what was he a yeah. quality coach at the Saints, and he's more qualified than some of these coordinators? No, uh, it's it's one of those rules where it's like, uh, you know, teams will have like a list probably, and they're like, oh, we'll just get like Marvin Lewis on the phone. Oh, that's one. 
you know, because they know they're not going to hire him. They just have to, like, do the interview. But, like, you know, Marvin Lewis could still be a coach out there. Like, there are oh, sure. plenty of African-American coordinators, you know, special coaches that, you know, could have that potential, you know. Well, like look at the look at the championship games this week. It was like they even made a comment that like there were four coordinators who were African American in that game. You know, you had Bienemy, you had the. I mean, Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich. They're and I'm not saying like oh you know black coordinators they do an okay job. Fuck that. Tampa, <laughs> they took old man Tom Brady, and gave him like a top five offense. You take Todd Bowles who had one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my life in the Buccaneers for, like, I don't know, five or six years straight, and now they're a top-five unit. Like, you're you're telling me any random white guy could have done that? No. Right, right and, it's like, and, it's like, and if you want to make the argument that Todd Bowles already was a head coach and didn't do well, sure. But that was with the Jets, okay? I was say, <laughs> when you're with the Jets, I th- and I think Adam Gase can attest to this, that he, it doesn't do you any favors. It, it, my heart goes out for Salah. He's got a hell of yeah. a job ahead of him. So it's like, and now it's like, now it's up to Houston. Like, what does Houston do? I mean, you wrote it on the spreadsheet, but like last I heard, they were interviewing Josh McCown, which like, okay. Oh my but God. But like, really? I don't know about that, you know? I mean, Adam Gase is still on the market for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, please. Yeah. No. Okay. So, my God. Not even just head coaches, but, like, there's talk of, like, uh, offensive coordinators. I mean, shoot, Seattle just fired theirs. And I was sitting there like, I would love Anthony Lynn, or I, w- I would have actually liked Doug Peterson. And then seeing Adam Gase's name pop up, I'm like, please keep him away from us. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. I think at this point, everyone should understand that Adam Gase's success was because of Peyton Manning. Because in Not the other way around. with Miami, <laughs> yeah, and yep. uh, New York, he's done absolutely nothing. And granted, he had basically nothing, but you look at what some other coaches have done in uh, Peterson and Flores, who took over, in some instances, the same exact team and turned them into playoff contenders, if not, in Peterson's case, Super Bowl winners. So well, it's, like, it, it's possible to take a, sh- a bad team and make them good quickly. Adam Gates just doesn't do it. Well, I mean, shoot, look at, look at, uh, I mean, shoot, look at, look at Todd Bowles took the nothingness of the Tampa Bay defense and brought him up to star status. Like, right. Could he do that for a team? Absolutely. I shoot. I don't think I've seen Byron Leftwich like head coach yet. I'd actually love to see that. I mean, former player turned head coach. Boom. Let's go. I mean, Houston's going (laughs) to, Houston's got their work cut out for them. Uh, that's what we call a segue into the QBs on the block because, Oh my, oh my goodness, there's a whole lot of QBs. This might be the craziest quarterback cycle in, like, recent memory. Like, there's a lot of potential, like, shuffling. And I got to yeah. say, it's very refreshing to be on the end of, like, now nah, we're right. good. Right. It's so nice. Steven, <laughs> like, it's so nice. Tyler, how uh, nice does it feel? It's very nice, you know? There we go. I'm glad like, to be in this conversation, too, boys. <laughs> I know, That's it's so just nice. Like, look, look at us. Like, just look we at got us. our quarterbacks. We we got our quarterbacks of the future, or like you know, we got our goats. You know, uh, Logan next year. Uh-huh. I might Woo. start worrying, but uh, it, <laughs> if I might make an analogy again, it's like, and this is all assumption, by the way, mind you. It's like in prom when it's like two weeks until prom. It's like, oh shit, I don't have a prom date, and you look at the jock who already has like five dates to the prom, and now I'm the jock. I wouldn't know because I never went to prom, 
or asked anybody to go to prom, and nobody ever asked me, which is the least surprising part of this whole story. But it's so nice to be on this side of the power dynamic. I love it. Graham, I pity you. I, I, I didn't hear what any of you were saying. I was uh, cleaning my toenails with a fork because that's how uh, that's that's how great I feel about the Colts quarterback situation. You have so many good options, though, Graham. You have I do. You have Matt Stafford. You have Deshaun Watson. No, you have Matt Stafford. No, do, do not you do not you dare stop You're... at Matt Stafford. How you Just... have Ryan Fitzmagic? Oh my God, Fitzmagic would take you to the Super Bowl. He would. That... He would. I, I would not it's be like, upset Graham, with I'm just magic. I, I'm trying to be realistic in your because, as much as you might want him, you don't have the capital to give up to to give up to get Deshaun Watson. Sorry. Or Dak Prescott. We no. I I don't. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson wants the motherfucking farm and a huge contract on That's top what I'm of it. Like, so I'm not even looking Deshaun Watson's way. He, Dak Prescott can be a tremendous two-year But he hire. wants the farm, too. I mean, look at how long he's been talking to Jerry about getting 37 yeah. mil. Yeah, and guess what? We can pay him a good amount, and we can... we can. This is, this is my literal game plan. I have rehearsed this in my mirror. We can... <laughs> We can we can go up Colts to, front office start taking notes. We can we can go up to Dak Prescott and say, "Look, we've got this window of 2 to 3 years. Look at what we were able to do with Philip Rivers." He Philip Rivers got sacked and pressured almost never. Our offensive line is great. We have a great running back. We have a developing wide receiver core. We can draft another wide receiver or even go out and get another one if you want. We can get you for 2 to 3 years. We will give you as much money as we possibly can. And then if you want to stay here, we will move heaven and earth to try to make it happen. Or you can go on deep playoff runs with us. You can potentially win a Super Bowl. And then you can go get as much fucking money as you want somewhere else. Please Graham, play for us. can I give you even more hope to supplement your conviction? Yes. The Colts in currently, as we're recording this podcast, for the 2021 season, the Colts are sitting with $64.9 million of cap space for 2021. Yeah, we kind of paid Philip Rivers $25 million. Yeah, the contract is not the issue. And I think the Colts have a decent amount of capital that they could give up to move up and trade for Dak Prescott. Like, pick 21 in the draft isn't nothing. No, it isn't. If I was a Colts fan, I'd be happy giving up maybe their first round pick next year, maybe even their second pick this year, and then the first round round pick in 2021. Yeah. Because if you get Dak Prescott, that's basically going to be pick 29 at the earliest. Yeah. Like, if, if, if Dak Prescott goes to Indy, I don't see them missing the AFC championship game. I completely agree. I mean, they have to get so, through the Chargers first, but uh, all jokes aside. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> AFC Championship game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sorry, Tyler. I guess the Browns aren't making it. <laughs> Ta- Ta- Tyler's, all right. Tyler's happy yeah. in this situation. The Chargers are there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got a backup. I got a backup plan. Also, how do you think the Colts are not going to royally fuck this up and get Sam Darnold? <laughs> Ooh, because we actually have smart people in our in our front office, we don't actually, have Grigson and we don't have Pagano anymore. Uh, Ursay. Well, the, well, they're not. You know. enti- well, they're, they're not entirely smart. Uh, they don't have Graham in the front office, but I know. It's Listen, true. I, 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 
my talents can <laughs> my talents come with like a hefty paycheck of like a hundred thousand dollars a year, and I'm not sure the Colts really want me, but I will be happy to take them on as much as possible. You just send them fan letters. Yeah, can I be your assistant? <laughs> like, oh, of course. Yeah, that was a compelling speech you gave. <laughs> like, I just I, man, I I want Dak Prescott so bad. I'm 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 taking Deshaun off the table. Matt Stafford tremendous arm he did absolute miracles with absolutely nothing in detroit correct uh i i wouldn't be mad about him i do not want carson wentz at all please no just please skip over him uh just leave him on red decline his phone calls screen him ghost him everything (laughs) well and and now that well it's fine now with uh now with uh a new head coach in philly is Carson Wentz even leaving? Because the whole thing, I think Wentz was on the outs when Peterson was like calling the shots. But now, with uh, Sirianni at the helm, like, is he going to decide that he likes Wentz more than Hurts? Who knows? You know, we we don't even know if Wentz is like officially leaving. I'll be honest. If the Philadelphia Eagles moved away from Carson Wentz in this current off season, I think it would be very stupid. Uh, because too much this money, right? Season it's they would be losing so much money. I think it's like $28 million of his contract is guaranteed next year. And if they moved mm-hmm. on from him, they'd have to eat all of that. And Philly's already over the cap for next season. So you're not saving a whole lot of money by cutting him. You might as well keep him and try to get him close to MVP form until, you know, let's say after the twenty one, the 2021 season. If that doesn't work, then you trade him away to the Colts. Or the Bucks. I mean, we might need a new quarterback after Tom Brady leaves. Hmm. Well, then, if you're another team in the league, if the Philly, if Philly's going to keep Carson Wentz, if you're say like the Bears or the Jets, if they don't get Deshaun Watson, would you offer to get Jalen Hurts then? Because are you just going to let Jalen Hurts sit on the bench then? Who's okay? But okay, so Hurts played fairly well for the Eagles. Who takes a shot on him at this point? The Bears took a shot on Nick Foles after, what, he played three games in Jacksonville? Well, the Bears are an inept franchise. We all know this. (laughs) I'm saying, like... Well, that's it. You said a team. That's a team. (laughs) Funny, though, that you bring up Nick Foles, because I think the Eagles are one of the few teams in the league who would let such a good backup sit on the bench for probably a little bit more money than he's worth, because that's exactly what they did with Nick Foles, and I think it won them a championship. It did. Hmm. So to have, like, I was a Wentz could almost be the reverse Foles in this situation if Philly makes a deep playoff run. Like, Hurts starts, lights it up, gets hurt, Wentz comes in, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, we actually have a pretty decent backup, which is so weird to say after just, like, what was it, three years ago that he, they were talking like, oh, Wentz is like, Wentz is good. Wentz is like the next guy. <laughs> If Philly keeps Wentz, he's starting. He There's should. no way he could sit on the bench, and they pay him that much money just to sit. Right. You know, they have to let him start the season, and if he plays like shit, throw Jalen in and start looking at trades. You know, that's all you can do there. I was say, speaking of quarterbacks that, <laughs> uh, that are probably staying, I honestly don't see Mitch Trubisky going anywhere. Sorry, Bears fans, but... <laughs> I think he did just enough yeah. to keep himself in Chicago. <laughs> it's just like an oh, ex-boyfriend man. coming back and said, look, I've changed a little bit in the month that we've been apart. Just 
Give me another shot. Gosh. I can get us to, you know, maybe the eighth seed. Oh, wait, that doesn't make the playoffs? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, guys, I got us the seventh seed this year. Yeah. Oh, we just needed Arizona and L.A. to play backup quarterbacks in that final game. And we made it, baby. Woo! Nope. Well, I mean, I mean, not necessarily. I mean, if, like, I mean, shoot, the bear like going into week seventeen, the Bears were in the seventh seed, like officially. Yeah. So, Cardinals just dropped a huge one. Yeah, they in did. week sixteen that kept them out. Uh, but yeah, I, and gee, like, where are the where are the Patriots gonna find their quarterback? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm shocked that like Matt Stafford or, or do we think that like Belichick's done? Well, I mean, he tried out with Cam this year, and Cam didn't throw for very many touchdowns, you know? I I mean, uh, Matt Patricia is going to be hired on at the Patriots again to help on their coaching staff. He True. could probably lure Stafford there. There's but if I was no Stafford, way. I'd run a million miles away because I wouldn't want to be with yep. Patricia again. <laughs> if I was Matt Stafford, this is not a joke. I think I would rather retire than get signed to the New England Patriots. That's with, fair. Specifically with Matt Patricia? Okay. <laughs> I mean, but mostly because of Patricia, but also a little bit because at least Dallas, Dallas, at least Detroit has a little bit better of an offense than New England, which has virtually no offensive playmakers to speak of. And then on top of that, it's the coach who, for the last what, like three years? How long has Patricia been around? I'm gonna say three years. And yeah, then I'll he was in post if I'm wrong. No, he was a head coach for three years. You got it right. Bam. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go back to that. Now, no. yeah. What I would love, my absolute peak scenario is that Jameis Winston goes to the New England Patriots. It would be incredible. What you don't you you don't think he's the answer down in New Orleans? You don't want him in New Orleans? Uh, after he threw one touchdown pass <laughs> to the Saints like, no. on purpose, I don't want him in Tampa anymore. <laughs> so I think the biggest question is. Uh, Deshaun clearly wants out. What is Houston going to do with quarterback? Cam Newton. <sighs> Drap. Well, here's here's the thing. Get shit on. I I think that no matter what, <laughs> like this thing. Realistically, the teams that could probably afford Deshaun Watson are the Dolphins and the Jets because they actually and have the draft. Colts. No, no, I no. I'm talking. <laughs> no, they can't. We, no, we have to because... give up too much. No, this thing. Ah, like Logan. Yeah, that's fair. Graham brought up a fantastic point is that like just makes sense. the Colt the Colts have you know they have all their draft picks but Deshaun wants the farm the yeah. Jets and the Dolphins are one of the few team or like basically the two teams that have multiple like draft picks you know multiple first rounds in the next few years so like I could easily see one of them going in. so it's not hard to see Houston getting a top three pick and that's where I think they pick. Yeah. A, I th- I think that's where they like. Essentially, if you're Houston and just everything that's gone down, nuke it. <laughs> oh, intended. no question. But oh like, yeah, nuke it. Yeah, you, you don't have your you don't have your nuke anymore. But uh, nuke the whole like. <laughs> yeah. just, sorry, nuke it. JJ, which is code word J- for trade everything away for nothing. Bill O'Brien's hired to a one week contract. <laughs> just get it done. <laughs> like JJ. <laughs> <laughs> Deshaun Watson has been traded to the Jets for a McDouble and a third round Not pick. like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Tyler, the McRib's back. You need to get three of those babies oh, while you still right. can. 
Oh, three? That's too much. Yeah. I would give two. <laughs> ah, deal. <laughs> right, but it, but it's like, and yeah, so, it just makes sense. It, it's funny because, like, in terms of draft capital, I guess Jacksonville has some too. But I also, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm not picking up Deshaun. Like, I mean, this is your chance to get Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, don't screw it up. Yeah, how so, much? Here's something funny. How much of a slap in the face would it be if Miami traded Houston back their own first round pick to get Deshaun Watson? <laughs> that would be funny. funny. I think it'd I'd just be it. funny. Well, and then, but then what do you do with Tua? You got to trade him, right? Mm, oh, Tua would I have think, to be in it. He'd have to be in that trade. I don't know that that's necessarily true because Houston would probably use that pick. Uh, mm, no, I guess the two quarterbacks are probably going in front of him then. Yeah, maybe trade Tua or... Mm, no, I don't see him keep keeping Tua as a backup. He's I, too I, good. I was going to say, like, well, but it's funny because like, I, I laugh at the Dolphins situation because it's like, what was the whole thing of the Dolphins 2019 campaign? Tank for Tua. That's our guy. Uh-huh. That That is the guy. Tank for Tua. And they almost blew it, but they still got Tua. <laughs> what by winning? Yeah, uh, they won five games. Shout out to Fitzmagic. Oh, I know. Yeah. Thank goodness that. Thank goodness that the four teams ahead of them didn't. Or well, thank goodness that a Joe Burrow had a better season and Cincinnati got him, and b the other two teams didn't need a quarterback. Yeah. So the Dolphins had. They ended up getting their guy. Um. But now there's talks like, oh, I like now I think it's funny that just after a year people are like, I don't know if Tua's got the juice. Like, I just don't know if he's the answer down in Miami. I'm like, it was one year. If there's anything he's a that rookie. Josh Allen has taught me, it's that quarterbacks cannot necessarily be evaluated after just one year. Right, and that and there's a precedent now, and I think it. I don't think it's helping the league. Like Josh Allen, I think is the perfect example of like, you got to stick with him at least for a couple years. You know, I yeah. Mean, I I would say unless he's very clearly not the answer, you have to stick with him at least for a little bit. Like there are some quarterbacks where you look at him and he's like, okay, that's not it. But Tua played fairly well. Right, and and this thing, but and no offense to the Dolphins' receiving core, but like there's not that like that star play. There's not like that. There's not that DeAndre on the Dolphins' receiving core. There's not. There's not yeah. a DK. There's. An, you the Dolphins have the third pick. I mean Devonta Parker. You get Devonta s- nothing. You mean Devonta Smith? No. No, no, no. Graham's saying Devonta Parker is already on Miami and he's pretty good. He's good. Now get Devonta Smith with your third pick. Yeah. And you give someone that two is familiar with, and like that's like and now you have a one two. It, it it just I think it helps. That's why I think like the most logical if someone's gonna go get Deshaun for the amount that he wants, it's got to be the Jets, you know? Yeah. Now, do the Jets have a lot of receiving options? No. Eh. <laughs> Not currently. <laughs> no, Steven. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, it's a good... Well, it's a good thing the Jets have, uh... Good thing the Jets have so many picks. <laughs> that is true. So, but it's just... The, I think, much like last off season where DeAndre was just like the big like was the big shock on day one. I think Deshaun's gonna be that like when the off season starts and you can start making trades, I think Deshaun's gonna be like that front name. And I think it'll happen early, if I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, I have to agree there. 
it's just bizarre to me how many teams are possibly looking at an upgrade at quarterback you know i know Isn't like the that bears much? are always looking there's yeah like the bears are always looking for an upgrade uh, the jets uh the 49ers talk about moving off garoppolo uh houston because deshaun doesn't want to be there uh miami is flip-flopping on tua uh mm-hmm. philadelphia you know does carolina really trust bridgewater like there are a lot of teams <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we haven't really talked. We haven't really talked a lot about the 49ers, um, you know, quarterback situation. I don't I mean, know, like, like it, do they I get Deshaun Watson? Like, who knows? Oh, who knows? I, t- I don't want to. I don't want to play Deshaun two times a year as a Seahawks. Dude, welcome fan. to Graham's. Yeah, I know. No shit. We barely beat him <laughs> with nobody. I don't want him to stay on deck since another well, that's, year. That's thing. And I actually, I could see the 49ers making a move. I mean, shoot, the 49ers like. Options: George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, like all that. Whew, scary thought. <laughs> My biggest problem with projecting, well, I guess I have two problems with projecting Watson to San Fran. Number one, I think is need. They won six games this season with what is essentially a team of backups. I don't think they need someone as great as Deshaun Watson is to elevate that team back into the playoffs and the Super Bowl conversation. Second, I don't think they quite have enough trade uh, value to go up and get Watson without it being really debilitating, similar to the Colts. Where, like, they have the 12th pick in this year's draft. If they get Watson next year, their first-round pick is going to be worth, like, nothing. One, and I think that's why they, uh, I, I think that's why they are uh, projecting more of like the Matt Stafford, you know, yeah. if Forty ers want to make a change or like get more of a veteran guy, the Matt Staffords, or I mean, if if Aaron Rodgers just decides like, hey, I'm done with Green Bay, it, could you imagine? I mean, Rodgers thought he was gonna go to San Fran when he got drafted. Could you imagine him like going back there and like to end his career? It's gonna feel a good cool. story for you. So I'm gonna say something here. Let let me lay this on you. Okay. The San Francisco 49ers, on the cheap, get Jameis Winston. And I know coming from me, that's insane. But San Francisco has an okay offensive line, and they run the ball a whole awful lot. I think Jameis is, well, I guess Jameis can't throw deep, and he also can't throw short accurately. But other than that, (laughs) I think he fits the system kind of okay. (laughs) He's wow. real good at catching the ball when it's snapped to him. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I forget I said it. It was a stupid idea. No, it's fine. Well, and you know, I actually I had this thought of like, you know, we haven't even talked about one of the teams that's like definitely in quarterback, like what are we doing? Um what about Cam rejoining Rivera in Washington? Ooh. No way. Ooh. There's no chance. Uh what the hell was that kid's name? You don't name? think so? Oh my god, hold on. You think Heineke did Taylor enough? Heineke. Heineke. I would stick with that kid and let him show me what he can do because that was one hell of an impressive game. Graham, I'll be honest, I thought the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with Graham there. You know, I think he won the team's respect there. He won Chase Young's respect from videos that I saw on the internet, yeah. but I'd give him a shot, honestly. I mean, that was against yeah, Tampa Bay's defense, which is... One, and, no laughing matter. And I guess, well, and I guess I just I look at that because it's like with all the teams that need quarterbacks, I look at Cam. I'm like, man, where are you gonna go that you get to start? 
Yeah. He could try to go to San Francisco. He could, but are they going to take him? I mean, well, to be fair, it is a run-first offense, so it kind of fits Cam's style. Um, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a crazy off-season. I mean, shoot, you know, even Dark Horse thing. Are the Broncos going to move on from Drew Locke? You know, will they get oh, a quarterback? Gosh. Will they like? Will they look for one in free agency? I mean, I don't think Elway's the GM anymore. I think he's moved up in operations, so they're going to have a new one. Do they yes. think that Drew Locke is the op, like he's the guy, or do you? Again, get a free agent. I just want to throw this out there. Um, Taylor Heineke did go 26 for 44 for a touchdown and a pick, and he also ran six times for 46 yards and a touchdown. I know they didn't have, I know the Bucks didn't have uh, Devin White in that game, but I mean, Drew Brees That's did good. significantly worse, and uh, Aaron Rodgers barely did better. So. I was like, I I don't give him like, a shot. I'll give Drew Brees only. I'll give Drew Brees this credit. I don't think Tyler, Taylor Heineke had eleven broken ribs. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't think so either. No, definitely not. And I'll, th- I'll and Taylor Heineke didn't have Matt Lafleur picking up, hey, making him kick field goals. It's true. No, but I I agree. I I mean, shoot, Haskins is gone, and Alex Smith. We'll see how it goes. You know. Yeah, but yeah, shout out to the Steelers for signing Dwayne Haskins. I know, yeah. right? What's Ugh. gonna happen to Big Ben? For for some reason, I thought Cam was gonna go to Pittsburgh. That's, That'd be interesting. That would be but interesting. Guess not. I don't. I don't think the receiving core there would love that too much, given how many touchdowns that Cam threw this season. That receiving core is too good. <laughs> They'd just be like, "Come on, man, give us the ball." You think signing Dwayne Haskins is gonna make him happy then? Oh, I, shots fired! I just, I just think the Steelers aren't happy right now. Yeah, I don't blame them. They have missed the playoffs for all of one season running now. <laughs> that must be horrible for someone like Juju, who's used to TikToking on people's <laughs> logos or whatever he does in his free time. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> that, Get rid of him. Uh, that's the most sixty-year-old dad statement I've ever heard. <laughs> It was. It was pretty good. <laughs> I love that. But it's Thank like, th- I guess the Steelers have an interesting thing with Big Ben because, you know, either they're like, hey, retire so we don't have to pay all this money because he has guaranteed money hit in sometime in March. So they got to make a decision because he has one year left. You know, does anybody want Big Ben? No. I don't think no. they want to trade him. Uh, but I don't think Big Ben wants to retire quite yet. So... Ooh, Big Ben to the Patriots. No. Ugh. Big Big Ben to the 49ers. And I'm okay that. with I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Just because we get to hit him many, <laughs> many going, times. <laughs> he's going to the Bears. Uh I think Ben Roethlisberger has the lowest the lowest sack rate per drop back percentage last year. It was he was sacked on something dumb like two percent of his dropbacks. Which is low. It's a good. It's a good Steelers offensive line. Well, plus he gets the ball away so damn fast. That's true. That's true. Also, their offensive line is old. Wow! Shots so. fired. That is. So is Big Ben. Like they're old. <laughs> that, yes. Ooh, they're a Very old. <laughs> uh, you ain't wrong, my friend. You no, ain't wrong. I know I'm not wrong. Him, Eli, it's... and Rivers all came out in the same class. Well, 
Eli's retired. Rivers is retired. Big Ooh. Ben. <laughs> Actually, I think that's funny. You know, that Big Ben was the first one to entertain retirement, and now he's the last yeah. one of the bunch. There were two quarterbacks who played all 16 games who had uh, more than 500 dropbacks and were sacked fewer than 20 times. Those two people are Ben Roethlisberger and Philip Rivers. Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> played in 15 <laughs> games, not 16. My bad. See, <sighs> whoopsie daisy. So Philip so Philip Rivers was the only one. Uh, I'm going to guess Ben wouldn't have been sacked seven times in that 16th game. Maybe not. That would be but shocking. That would be 50% of his current total. <laughs> He could have also had negative 107 dropbacks. I'm sorry, <laughs> negative 109 dropbacks. <laughs> you can't rule out that possibility. Wow. <laughs> You're right, Logan. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where all of these quarterbacks go. It's going to be quarterback carousel again this year. And again, I'm just so happy that it's like, no, Chargers are good. <laughs> we got our guy. Oh, f- for the first time since the uh, the comeback in 1999, uh, the Browns are good. Mm-hmm. I am genuinely There's happy for so all of you. There's been so many quarterbacks. Wait. <laughs> Wait, did you say the comeback, Tyler? Yeah. The, yeah. Since when they, the Browns I, were reestablished into the league in 99. Much like a comeback player of the year? Oh, my God. Ooh. I think so. <laughs> I was saying, because that's right, folks. Instead of talking about uh, whatever replacement they're doing for the Pro Bowl because uh, they're definitely not doing this this year. It is time for our end of the season awards. Yes, I know the Super Bowl is next week, so the season's not officially over, but we're not doing these next week. <laughs> so we figured we'd just do them now. So genius. Uh, like so much like move. our much like our mid season awards, uh we went through, uh talked about like the you know, kind of followed the AP format that they'll do with the NFL honors, uh which they do before the Super Bowl. Uh the only addition for this one is that we actually added comeback player of the year this go around, just because of um, you know, during the midseason it kind of was like, well, we, we can't say so much like who the comeback player is, but it just felt appropriate like now that the season is pretty much over. So uh, we'll start from the bottom, you know, start from the bottom of the table, move up. So uh, Graham, go ahead, let us know your comeback player of the year. Uh, my comeback player of the year uh, is Kim Kardashian. Ooh. <laughs> <sighs> she balled out solid, against New Orleans this year. Solid Parks and Rec joke, but <laughs> I'd you. love to yeah. know what your actual They're very solid. Uh, <laughs> my comeback player. Of the yeah, year. she was. <laughs> uh, my comeback player of the year is Alex Smith. Understand what an answer! Yeah. What an answer! Uh, Logan. Uh, mine is also Alex Smith. I'm sure for similar reasons. Uh, uh I would say, man, I hate to disappoint y'all, but um. Yeah, Alex Smith. <laughs> uh, do I? I, I don't want to break the uh the spell here, guys. But uh, uh Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's just no way. Like, I I started that one because I think we all knew that was going to be the easiest. Like, it, man's a rock star. Like, sorry, he. I'm I'm a little sad that he didn't get to play in that uh, in that game, like in the playoff. But you know what? He got him there, man. <laughs> like. Man went from like, yeah, you might die to, uh, you are going to, you know, you, you brought him to the playoffs. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to you, Alex Smith. Like, hey, and if you don't win it this year, um, I'm going to have some words with that committee. Just saying. So, uh, we will. No, go... he has to win it. I know. That's why I said. 
I will just have words. So, Me too. Uh, Tyler, moving on to most improved player of the year. Who did you uh who'd you pick? Um I I have two. Uh I want to give a shout out to both, but I put Baker Mayfield for one. Um I feel like there was I had to pick Baker Mayfield for this one. Uh increased uh, not only his maturity this year, uh, completion percentage went up, his touchdowns went up, interceptions went down, his QBR went up significantly, uh, got sacked less, you know, led to the 11-5 and season. You know, there's not more, more I could say about him, except congratulations. Uh, my second one I had written down was, uh, ironically, the person I predicted to have a quote next year, uh, Stefan Diggs. Increased uh, in targets, receptions, uh, led the league in yards, uh, increased touchdowns, and his catch percentage. So, Mm. shout out to both of them. Well, I certainly didn't have to pick him, but I also (laughs) went with Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Woo! For the exact reason that you, you know, because, like, this this was his make-or-break year. I mean, to, to give some more official numbers, like, last, in 2019, he was 317 of 534, with a 59 so that's a 59.4% completion for 3827 yards, 22 touchdowns, but 21 interceptions. This year went for 305 of 486, so it was 62.8 uh for 36 like for 3563 yards, which is lower, but then again, you upped your touchdowns to 26 and you brought the interceptions down to 8. That's incredible. You know, like that again, like I think that's much like we all like praise Josh Allen this year of like, you know, finding himself. Like I think Baker really figured out like, Hey, I can be a leader of this team. You know, like I can rely on my run game. I don't have to do this all by myself. And it worked and it got to the playoffs for the first time and had a dang good shot of being in that game last week, you know, or in the AFC championship game. So shout out to Baker, uh, Logan, go ahead. Uh, I think, and for me personally, it's not even particularly close. Most improved player, Josh Allen. Hmm. Um, his, granted his number of attempts and completions also went up, so that'll sort of skew his numbers a little bit, but his completion percentage jumped from below 60 all the way up to a nice 69. Nice. His interception percentage went down, his passer rating went way up, I'm giving it to Josh Allen, not even close. That, that is very fair. Alright. Very fair, Uh, I have no complaints. Yeah. Graham, go ahead. All right. Uh, I'm. I can't actually believe Tyler said this, but uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Stefan Diggs just <laughs> balled out this year. Last year, his last year in uh, Minnesota was pretty good. Like he managed 1,130 yards on 63 catches, which is practically a miracle. He got traded to Buffalo, and basically they said, "We need you to be the number one receiver," and he said, "Bitch, I'll be the number one receiver in the NFL." He had, he doubled his catches this year. He went from 63 to 127. He led the league in yards with 1,535. He, I, I love this one the most. He, he increased his yards from 1,130 to 1,535 for a net positive of, net positive of 435 ex, 405 extra yards. DK Metcalf, who was my second place person. Only increased his yards by 403. So, by two wow. yards... Wow. By two yards, Stephon Diggs wins to me. <laughs> he wins. 
yards <laughs> and by done. two yards and two games. <laughs> yes, that is true. Correct. Wait, no, he. That's not true. No, I know. DK Metcalf played in all sixteen. Okay. I okay. I was making a joke about the playoffs. Oh yeah, because okay. they got knocked down the wild card and Buffalo got to play two more games. So you know, you know how it goes. Uh, Graham, continuing with you, who would you like to nominate as coach of the year? Coach of the year. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to steal Tyler's thunder on this one, but Kevin Stefanski. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. I know this has been like a work in progress for a couple years for the Browns, but holy shit. Like, you can just see the results this year. They had a damn good shot at beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. I'm not sure, like, after, you know, the Super Bowl, they might have had the best shot to beat the Chiefs in, like, in the playoffs in case Tampa loses, which they won't. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Kevin Stefanski completely changed the entire culture of this team. He got them to the playoffs. He nearly won them the division. Uh, first playoff appearance in God knows how long. First playoff uh, win in God knows how long. Beat the de- beat their you know beat their older brother bully the Steelers. And I just. I'm so impressed by what Kevin Stefanski did in Cleveland. All right, fair. Uh, Logan, you're up, buddy. Uh, I would say for me personally, uh, once again, not even particularly close, uh, Brian Flores. The Dolphins jump from last season to this season. They went from 25th in points scored to 15th. They went from 27th to 22nd yards for, which I realize isn't a whole lot. Yards allowed, they went from 30th to 20th. And points allowed, they went from the worst in the league to 6th best. And, And the roster hadn't changed a whole lot. The offensive and defensive coordinators each uh, were flipped. So they didn't have the same offensive or defensive coordinator from last year. Uh... Flores. Huh, once again, uh, glad I'm on the same page with somebody. Uh, oops, wrong color for that. But I also went with Brian Flores. Um, for many of the reasons that Logan just said, um, you know, but this is, I, I believe it is impressive what uh, Stefanski was able to do uh, in Cleveland. You know, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. But this is a team that I don't think people... Like, this was supposed to be a team in rebuild mode. Like, the uh, you know, the whole, what I was saying earlier, like, oh, it's tank for Tua time. Um, you know, and, and so they got Tua, and I, I don't think people expected them to do very well this season. But in just one season, you doubled the amount of what You went from 5-11 to 10-6, and six, and we're so close to making the playoffs, you know? Just, you know, it, a loss by one team or, like, one more win, and they would have been in, you know? And like Logan said, you know, improved to from 25th to 15th ranked overall offense, uh, 30th, 20th best defense. I think the best thing, though, is that, uh, or like one of the better things, is that their turnover differential went from negative 10 to plus 9 uh, in the league. Wow. And it's and you had like the interception leader on your team. Uh, yeah, it just, it was a whole, it's like a, an astounding effort by this team who I didn't expect to do be good for another couple of years. So I'll be excited to see what they do uh, going forward. Um, Tyler, go ahead. 
uh, wow, you guys uh, nailed it. So I have uh, Brian Flores written down. Uh, I feel like I could not go uh, without saying him. Uh, did an amazing job in Miami. You know, turned the team around quick. They're going to be in contention for the AFC East now for a while. So, uh, or with Buffalo. So congrats to them. But as a Browns fan, I have to go with Stefanski. I have witnessed the downfall of many, 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 many coaches in Cleveland. Uh, I think we finally found our guy for at least like a decade or like two years, maybe. Uh, so, wow. Uh, big congrats to him. Thank you for making me and my dad happy again this year. Uh, shout out to you, sir. Wow. Listen, two years is great. Tom Brady's going to be in the league at least 10 more years. Or maybe two. <laughs> Listen. Oh, man. Listen, I got to start small. Oh. If he's with us two years after like after this season, I'll be floored. Be so happy. All right, Tyler. Defensive Rookie of the Year. Who you got? Uh, all right. Um, I feel like this one may be a popular answer, or it could be the only one. Uh I got to go Chase Young. Uh, mm. He had, you know, 44 tackles, 10 of them for loss, uh, seven and a half sacks, uh, 12 quarterback hits, four forced fumbles, tied for third in the league with like a shit ton of other people, but still tied for third. Uh, and three fumble returns, one for a touchdown. I would say he uh, lit the spark for Washington this year. Uh, I think he will be a threat to the NFC for a while. So mm. kudos. Well... Uh, I, like, this one was actually a little tougher for me because I think that Chase Young is going to get it, but I have to give shout out to Jeremy Chin and I wanted to do a comparison, you know, and it's like, I get it two different positions. I mean, Chase Young, I think we're all, I think everyone's expecting that he is going to win defensive rookie of the year because he's Chase Young. It's a big name. You were the number two pick. You had a, you know, it's like you did a pretty much. Like, I think the only thing that's really hurting Young is that you did about what you were expected to do, which is good. But, you know, you had 44 total tackles. You had 12 and a half for loss, which is great. Seven and a half sacks. I mean, more than a lot of people, you know, and you were definitely a big part of, like, the team's eventual playoff run. On the flip side, Jeremy Chin, out of, you know, out of Southern Illinois for the Panthers, um led his team in tackles with 117. Wow. Like, in in 15 games. For reference, the second closest person, Shaq Thompson, had 113 tackles in 16 games. So Chin was able to beat that in one less game. You finished with five passes deflected. Only one interception on the season, but that's okay, because they're using a more like a linebacker safety kind of combo. Mm. Very much like a, a Jamal and a Derwin, kind of a Swiss Army safety. Um, but you have to look at that Vikings game where I love the th- that stat that he had two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and two touchdowns on back-to-back drives. I think that yeah. Jeremy Chin is going to end up being kind of one of those, like, steely picks, you know, that, like, I don't think a lot of people were going to give him a ton of credit, you know, or it's like, again, Chase Young, number two pick. You better perform, you know, like you kind of expected to. Um, but Jeremy Chin was like a, 
you know, the 64th pick, very much like a DK was, you know. I could see the argument for Jeremy Chin being that defensive rookie of the year. So, but I, in the end, I do think Chase Young is going to get it, but I would not be surprised. Uh, Logan, go ahead. Uh, Chase Young for the same reasons. <laughs> Fair. Graham? Uh, Chase Young. Just mark him down. <laughs> There I'm, gl- I'm glad I was able to shout out one other person. Yeah. I mean, I mean Jeremy Chin is obviously good. second place, but I mean Chase Young uh, far and away deserves this. To be fair, I thought Derwin was a lock in 2018 and then some scrub named Darius Leonard. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, good luck next year, Derwin. All right. Um, Graham, go ahead. Lead us off for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This was... Chase Young was like a super easy pick for me. This is probably the one I struggled the most with because there were like three dudes who I really thought had a great chance at this. The first one, I wanted to be a homer and say uh, Jonathan Taylor because Jesus Christ, the dude was third in the NFL in rushing. Uh, He scored 16 touchdowns, I believe, both rushing and receiving combined. Uh, the Colts were in a three-back system for most of the year, so he wasn't the lead back all the time, and he was just generally pretty awesome. Then there's uh, the second-place dude, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, who just managed to make his way onto a team after a doctor punctured their starting quarterback's lung, uh, and he actually did pretty damn well himself. But uh, I'm going to have to give it to Justin Jefferson. Uh, hmm. He had to step in and replace Stephon Diggs, who, I might remind you, was the best receiver in the NFL this year. And Justin Jefferson, as a rookie, did a damn great job. Uh, He came in, and once I find the freaking receivers tab, that'd be great. Uh, 1,400 yards this year, seven touchdowns. He did not have many drops either. I closed that tab, and I'm an idiot. But uh, uh, Justin Jefferson deserves all the hype in the world i mean while running backs are like running backs kind of are just you know they get the ball a whole lot more justin jefferson came out and just with 88 receptions got 1400 yards and just i i don't think anyone in minnesota is like missing stefan Diggs that much just because justin jefferson was that freaking good hmm that's fair uh logan go ahead uh, it was tough for me not to give this to the undrafted rookie James Robinson because he was, like, essentially Jacksonville's entire offense for a lot of the year. He had the sixth most attempts of any running back in the league, sixth most yards of any running back in the league. Kind of a, a, a pretty okay four and a half yards per attempt. He had the ninth most yards from scrimmage of anyone in the league, so he did very well despite going completely undrafted. However, I cannot ignore that Justin Herbert played at an exceptional level despite nobody expecting him to start this year, and I'm giving it to Herbert. There you go. And I'm not going to explain myself because something tells me the next two people are also going to have Justin (laughs) Herbert, so I'll let them explain it. Well, you might be surprised. Um, I mean... I gave it a lot of thought, and, um, you know, it came to the very hard decision uh, that no way is Justin Jefferson winning this award. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. Just that he okay. Not that no way, but I'm not. I'm not like knocking what Jefferson did this season. It is. I see Graham's argument that it is tough to replace a receiver talent like that. Uh, but yeah, like it, the argument against Herbert, it. I don't see. I, I guess the only argument you can make is that you were on a seven and nineteen that didn't make the playoffs. So was Justin Jefferson. You know, <laughs> like oh, shots fired. This is this is a like this kid. You know, from the get go was like, oh, can't like. You know, I was like, hey, fifteen minutes before game time, you're gonna go up against the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's just see what you can do, and just earned his spot every step of the way. You know, set all the rookie records. Like, that's why I'm like, it feels weird to say like, now we're good at quarterback. But it's like I do believe, you know, given the proper coaching, <laughs> that we're gonna see him really compete with the Chiefs and Mahomes going forward. So I can't, I could not, in good conscience, not give it to Justin Shirt, <laughs> Justin Herbert. Would you please stop messing with the table? <laughs> I'm just I'm typing his name back. Sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you. Disrespect his name just because you didn't write it. I see how it is. <laughs> but yeah, Justin Herbert, 100. percent Uh, Tyler, I think we already see yours. Oh, uh, okay. Well, to everyone's surprise, it's Justin Herbert that is also the wrong orange. Wow. <laughs> That's all you can do. I'm blaming. I'm blaming. I'm blaming Logan. Uh, yeah. I, My bad. And, okay, Justin Jefferson is worthy. You know, don't get me wrong. But I feel like it has to go to Herbert. Like, he seems like that franchise guy now. And just looking at what he did, uh, 66% completion percentage, uh, threw for 4,336 yards, only had 10 interceptions, a 98.3 QBR, and had three game-winning drives already under his belt. Uh, I feel like he is now the man in uh i was gonna say los angeles but well he is los angeles he is the man in los angeles fuck jared goff (laughs) as much as it hates me to say it yes they are in los angeles yeah but i was more talking about the other team in los angeles but i'll screw goff uh, exactly fair enough but uh yeah justin herbert that's all i can say all right uh tyler sticking with you let's go on to defensive player of the year I don't. I know this is for the team that I, you know, despise, but I can't get over how much I like this player. I'm going T.J. Watt. Ooh. You know, I, the, for some reason, I really like this guy. Uh, he led the league with 15 sacks, uh, 40 or sorry, 23 tackles for loss, uh, 41 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, and an interception. Uh, there's a couple people that could go defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm sure you guys will mention some of them. Uh, but I feel like in my head all season long, uh, TJ Watt has been there. So I'm going to give it to him. I mean, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I think we're very much in line here. Oh, okay. I, I, I think, <laughs> that works. Uh, funny enough, I could leave it there, but uh, no. Give me that powder blue. Uh, but no, I, I think it's TJ Watt this year. I, I think this is his year. I mean, I'd say the only knock against him is that his – his total tackles are very middling, you yeah. know, like it's 53 and it's just kind of like, eh, you know, but like he leads the league in sacks, which of course leads into, you know, sacked people for, you know, like 
a loss of yards of 112 on the season. You know, he's he is that leader in a <laughs> he is that leader on the Steelers defense. And I could see the argument for Aaron Donald or, or Devin White or or any a, a lot of these players, but I, I think it's got to go to TJ Watt because specifically like, he is he is the guy on that team. Uh, Logan, how about you? Uh, Homer shout out goes to Devin White, who had 140 total tackles and nine sacks Holy this season, shit. which I thought was really phenomenal. But I think I would not be in my right mind if I didn't give it to Aaron Donald, who mm. this season tied for second in sacks behind, I think, TJ Watt had more. Uh, TJ Watt did have more, yes. Okay, yeah. Uh, but still, 13 and a half is nothing to sneeze at. Then on top of that, he had 28 quarterback hits, which I believe is more than Watt had, uh, and 14 tackles for loss on top of all that, along with four forced fumbles. So if you combine the sacks with the fumbles, he's personally essentially ending one drive every single game by himself. He's hurrying the quarterback two more times on top of that, and then tackling a running back in the backfield for a loss another time per game and like that it, it's for one defensive player to do that is incredible well all right he, and he, graham he well nice. i will go uh devin white uh dude oh. uh just i mean i know that tj watt and devin white uh play their positions very differently and it's hard to really Oh, it's a different compare position. the two in that way. I know, I know. They they. Anyway, it, just the fact that Devin White is only like the second guy since the '90s to put up 140, 140 combined tackles and nine sacks in one season is just fucking nuts to me. And he did it in fifteen games. Wait, no. I believe that is correct. Yeah, he did it in 15 games. Uh, he was fifth in total tackles. He was, and he managed nine sacks on top of that. I mean, that's incredible. My favorite defensive player is Darius Leonard, and he smacked the shit out of him this year. And that gives me all the respect for him in the entire world, really. Uh, on top of that, he had one forced fumble and one fumble recovery, not the greatest stat ever for him, but honestly, like he, he is why Tampa Bay's defense, he is one reason why Tampa Bay's defense is so much more terrifying this year. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, TJ Watt can have his 15 sacks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I guess Logan must've got to me, uh, not, not believing too much in Bucks players. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, fucking Levante. I'm going to go on an aside here for just a short minute. Levante David had a season once where he had 150 tackles. I'm sorry, he had over 100 solo tackles. He had five sacks and five interceptions, and he didn't even make the fucking Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl really? is a travesty. Anyway, fuck? I'm pissed about it. 2013, Levante David, look it up. All right. Uh, Graham, yeah, sticking me. with you. Go, Devin. Offensive player of the year. Whew. Okay. Offensive player of the year. Uh,. This one is pretty easy for me. Derrick Henry. Uh, not only is he an animal in the bedroom, he's an animal on the field. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, Derrick Henry just he almost by himself ran for five more football fields than his nearest uh competitor. I know Dalvin Cook only played 14 games compared to Derrick Henry's 16, but I mean, there is no more ter- terrifying running back in the NFL than Derrick Henry. He only had I mean, 17 touchdowns. I'm pretty sure he led football in that. He was better than Kamara in that regard. There is no one on the planet, unless you're in the playoffs, who scares me more. Derrick Henry is just a one-man wrecking crew and has been for years and will very likely continue to be. Uh, give it to Derrick Henry. He deserves it for me. Hmm. All right. Logan. Uh, it might just be because I'm so white and I love cheese, but I will give it to Aaron Rodgers because <laughs> what he did this year, despite not even being his, I, I would say he wasn't his whole team the way that guys like Derrick Henry and Josh Allen were, but he did, I would say, as much if not more than all of them. Like, they're transitioning into this, like, run to set up play-action team, and despite going to the run first and sometimes second and then the pass is third, Rodgers had 48 touchdown passes and... Uh, threw an interception on 1% of his throws. He led the league in passer rating by, like, almost 10 points at 121.5. He had the 7th most passing yards on the 13th most passing attempts. His completion percentage was the highest in the league, and I I would feel bad if I gave it to anyone other than Aaron Rodgers, although Derrick Henry was my third runner-up. All right. Well, uh, huh. I think this is where I'm going to have to defer from a lot of you. <laughs> it's funny because his name's been brought up so much already. But, um, I actually went, uh, Stefan Diggs on this one. Huh. Uh, for Offensive Player of the Year. I like that. And That's pretty. I, I think my, re- I was saying, I think my reasoning for that is, like, Graham, when you were talking about him being the most improved player, I didn't think he, I, I don't think last year was such a step down for him. I just feel like Stefan Diggs is been like you know he's one of those guys that's like always in talks of like easily top 10 receivers sometimes top five but I think he had a serious hand in the uh in the development of Josh Allen this year like this is a team this Buffalo Bills team like had something really special and it's one of those things of like you know it's that classic, like, if you could just add one more piece to this team, I think he could really do something. And I think he was that piece for Buffalo. Like, led the league in receiving yards, led the league in receptions. It just, like, you know, it, shoot, they got to the AFC Championship game. And it's like you were saying, whoever brought it up earlier, but, like, you know, it's upsetting. <laughs> it's upsetting that this is now the second time he's gotten so close to the Super Bowl and just been shut out. You know, like, honestly, kind of dominated by the other team. But like I think that's just it I think it's just gonna fuel him. And I just I can't ignore the usefulness of that he's been this year. And like I know, you know, last year Michael Thomas won offensive player of the year, and before that, no wide receiver had won it since uh, Jerry Rice in ninety three. I think Stefan Diggs makes it a back to back year of wide receivers. He gets my offensive player of the year vote. 
Uh, Tyler. This is the one category we all differ in. Ooh. Uh, I Ooh. went with a surprise choice, Deshaun Watson. You know, he, the team didn't do well, but I feel like what he did this year cannot go unnoticed. Uh, led the league in passing yards with 4,823 yards per completion at 8.9 or yards per attempt, excuse me, at 8.9, yards per completion at 12.6, had a completion rating of 70.2 with 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, He was the only person on that team trying to make an effort, it feels like, him and J.J. Watt. Uh, I feel like when you have 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions, that can't go unnoticed in any conversation about, you know, who did well in the league this year. Uh, So... Big kudos to him. I hope he finds success somewhere else. Hmm. All right. And Tyler, sticking with you, MVP. I feel like I could not pick him. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, I mean, Logan kind of put it on. But when you throw for 48 touchdowns and five interceptions, that's incredible. You know, there's, there's no way around it. You threw for 4,300 yards had led the league of QBR at 84.3. No. Had a very poor, you know, championship round, but I feel like that can't define how great of a regular season he had. So going A Rod. Alright. Uh I think I went a little off the cuff. Uh, I went with uh A A Ron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who wow, who's he play for? Uh is some uh, you know the the frozen bay cheeseheads. No, oh, it's got good team. No, it, it's like a cheese it's, popsicle. Uh, no, it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it's you know, and despite you know, already the stats have been said. So uh, the only thing I could really add on to that is that if Lamar Jackson can win MVP without or with getting knocked out of the you know of their opening game of the playoffs last year, uh, you can't really. I I don't see how you could knock Aaron Rodgers down off of this for losing the NFC championship game. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, I think Rogers has this in the bag. Logan, you clearly defer. I'm excited to see this. This one. So I might be, (laughs) I legitimately don't know if I'm breaking the rules here, but my MVP was between Aaron Rodgers and somebody I already have as the most improved player, which is Josh Allen. Uh, I'm going to say it's all right hmm. giving them, giving him that one same award. Uh, and if it's not, then I'd probably change most improved player. No, no, I was going to say it's no, that that's fair. In my mind, M, uh, uh, offensive player of the year is the player who, uh, performed the best offensively. MVP is the player who was the most important to their team. And to me, nobody was more important to their team than Josh Allen because the Bills basically didn't run the ball. Their defense was okay. I don't want to say it was great. I'd I'd say it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't very good. It was just regular good. And still they got to the second seed because they put the ball in Josh Allen's rocket for an arm early and often, and he delivered. So I'm giving it to Josh Allen. He didn't have the luxury of running the ball like Aaron Rodgers did. He didn't have the... The sheer unbridled charisma of Justin Herbert, uh, or the sexual drive as Derrick Henry. So I'm going with Josh Allen. <laughs> he was my second choice. So very nice. That's fair. All right. 
and Graham, wrap us up. I'm going to light Rose. the motherfucking world on fire. It's Deshaun Watson. Mm. No Ooh. player meant more to his team more than Deshaun Watson. Too bad the team didn't I had feel three like players that. who I was... I know. Uh, I had three players who I was really thinking about for MVP. One was Tom Brady, the other was Aaron Rodgers, and the third was Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, led the league in passing despite his motherfucking team. Deshaun Watson got sacked 49 times. He had the 23rd ranked offensive line. He had uh, David Johnson as his running back. Most of his receivers were either hurt, injured, or uh, suspended for PED use. He led the league in passing. How did how did the fucking Texans lose to the Colts both times this year? It's because his off it's because his center snapped the ball at his fucking ankle, and it's because in the second game Kiku Kiki Kuti fumbled the ball at the one yard line. This yep. it, the Texans wasted a tremendous, phenomenal year from Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson only threw seven interceptions this year. Seven. Wow. It, I, I don't... He also ran for 444 yards. The dude did everything he could for the Texans, and the Texans sucked. That doesn't sound like a team who went 4-12. and 12, But... No. Uh, Deshaun Watson was out of control this year. Uh, he did not deserve to lose DeAndre Hopkins this year. He didn't deserve his shitty line, his bad running back. He didn't deserve for his receivers to constantly let him down. He didn't deserve for his offensive line to constantly let him down, but he showed up each and every game and balled his ass off. Uh, He is my MVP far and away. Hmm. I have no problem with that. Yeah. With all of our answers, I I feel like everyone is very deserving of it yeah i would say yeah. I, I would say yeah it was like looking back i'm sure if i had thought more about devin white but then again i blame logan i might have switched that's that up but i, I would say <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked if tj uh gets it so yeah i'm not mad at any of anyone else's answers either like these are all great players they all and coaches they deserve all the accolades they get yeah especially like, alex smith if, yes especially alex smith i mean it I think we picked you know, the bunch of who's going to be in the discussions of the award, so... We better. I think I think we nailed it. Yeah. But, on that note, I think that'll wrap up this uh, quote-unquote Pro Bowl edition of the Internet Football Podcast. Um, oh, yeah, man, we coming... really, really talked yeah. about that Pro Bowl. Woo! Yeah. Man, we, uh, we got, like, two episodes after this. Oh, uh, I had cereal this morning in a bowl. Ooh, that sounds super. Nice. No, I was pro. No, this is this is yeah. pro. <laughs> oh, right. Next next week you're gonna next have soup. week. Yes. Correct. I gotta tell you, my only <laughs> my my only interaction with a bowl today was definitely not professional at all. <laughs> mm. All right. That's well, rough. uh, join us ne- <laughs> on that note. Let's, uh, join let's us end next- on that note. <laughs> Join us next week where we talk about bowls that are actually kind of professional. Bye, everybody. It's going to be Bye. super. Bye.